Jacob deGrom participated in his first workout with the Rangers of the spring. On today's show, we're talking about that, five players who need to have a good spring training for the Rangers, and the athletics survey had Jacob deGrom sighting as one of the worst of this offseason. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all four seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we're talking about a Robbie Grossman signing as well. I talked a little bit about it on Friday's show when it was looking like maybe it was going to happen. Um, but let's go ahead and start with the most important news. The full squad is here in spring training. Games start on Friday. The first game, as always, against is against the surprise co-hosts uh, or the other team in surprise with their uh, spring training. That's the Kansas City Royals. It's always 2 o'clock, 2.05, first pitch, central time on Friday. And I absolutely cannot wait. <clears throat> and that's all fun and good. And seeing some Rangers, uh, all the Rangers together, um, doing some jumping jacks or whatever they were doing in Evan Grant's uh, Twitter video this afternoon. Uh, it was very, very exciting. Um, but Jacob DeGrom, we, I know we're all here about the Jacob DeGrom news. It's every, I feel like every episode for the next, you know, until... Until opening day, maybe might be a Jacob Degrom update and a update on the Defgrom rankings. Um, he participated in his first workout on Sunday. He threw some long toss, did some fielding practice, and despite Levi Weaver's a very fun video of him exploding, he didn't actually explode. In case you thought that was real, um, he looked good. According to MLB Pipeline's Jesse Boric, Degrom is expected to play a light catch today, Monday, and he is feeling good according to Bruce Bochy. <clears throat> this is some quotes from Bochy on Sunday morning before the workout uh, from the Athletics' Levi Weaver. He said, quote, uh, he's going to be out there with the fellas doing some baseball activities, some light toss, um, Bruce Bochy said on a Sunday morning. Uh, this part this is part of getting back to throw. You don't go right back into it when you've taken a few days off. So you'll see him on the mound real soon. Anyway, it's going to be good to see him out there and partaking in baseball activities, end quote. Uh, and after his workout, according to Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, he said that he did not feel um, any, any concern, uh, no issues concerning his left side due to some tightness that he missed the um, first four um pitchers and catchers workouts so he is going to be there today doing maybe slightly more full um, he's going to quote continue his program according to Evan Grant um, Monday though he said it, it's unclear if he's going to throw off a mound we'll see um, it seems like about half the pitchers are going to throw from mound today Monday so we are updating we have a change for the first time in our defgrom rankings I am officially downgrading it to defgrom 5 the lowest level of defgrom preparedness um, we are I'm not worried as much anymore I wasn't super concerned obviously we had a, a defgrom 4 since the initial news on the first day of pitchers and catchers reporting we have seen him 
throwing baseballs in a ranger's hat, which makes my baseball soul very, very extremely happy. By the way, we just did, um, or we just put out or just started doing voting on our top 10 as a locked on network pitchers in the American League and the National League. Uh, Spoiler alert, I did vote Jacob DeGrom number one in the American League, and I'm going to pitch an absolute fit when he's probably not ranked number one by everybody else um, on the network. And I'm going to start some trouble on that. Just just prepare yourself. But I will let you all know what the rankings are when those come out. Not sure when that's going to be. Maybe sometime next week. um, But just want to put that on your list. But uh, DefGrom 5, we're we're not concerned. We are happy. We are moving through it. We are having a grand old time. So that is where we are with that. And the other biggest news happened, of course, after I recorded my podcast on Friday, because it always freaking does. Um, But the Rangers have signed Robbie Grossman, the veteran switch hitting outfielder to a one year, $2 million contract. I believe he will wear the number two. So this, I talked a little bit about it on Friday's episode episode. I'll go into it a little bit more. This was not a great offensive season for Robbie Grossman. He is not a guy who is really known for his offense in particular. He is more a guy who is known for his defense and his ability to walk. He is he's very good at walking. That is his number one skill as well as his speed. He has been in the top 65% um, or the 65th percentile, I should say, or better for every year since the uh since statcast started recording all that data in 2015 um apparently he likes to fish i looked a little bit at his instagram but uh he is has a career walk rate of 13.2 percent which is nearly five percent better than the average i think 4.8 percent since 2015 Um, he does a really great job of not expanding the strike zone doesn't swing and miss at a whole bunch of pitches last year that was one of the things that he did uh, very best his chase rate within the top two percent of all of baseball his walk rate in the top 11 percent of baseball he is very good at getting on base working quality at bats he is a switch hitter but the power is really not something you see a lot from him. He is 33 years old, by the way, listed at six foot, 209 pounds, and he is a Texan. He went to Cypress Fairbanks High School in Cypress, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston, Texas. So he is a Texan. Good to see him getting back into Lone Star State. Did spend some time with the Houston Astros, his hometown team growing up. But uh, yeah, the offensive numbers are not anything super duper exciting he has a career high of 23 home runs which he did in 2021 with the detroit tigers playing every day there 156 games also had 23 doubles and three triples a career slugging percentage under 400 so 377 but a career on base of 346 which is something we like to see that is a 724 career ops which is solid he has a good glove he has good instincts he has a, a pretty decent arm I think he'll fit pretty well in left field. I think right now you can go ahead and slot him in as pretty much the the everyday left fielder. I think that's going to be his job. I think that that really says a lot of things about where the Rangers are. I, I thought that they needed to make a move like this as much as I, I like the guys who were going to be competing in left field. I still think they might compete in terms of Bubba Thompson, Josh Smith, Ezekiel Duran, maybe Clint Frazier, who, by the way, he is back to being Clint. That is officially um, a thing. He went by Jackson last year. And as someone who, for one year, went by my middle name, I had an English teacher who had known me my entire life my senior year, asked me what I wanted to be called. I wanted to go by my middle name. Tried it out first day. Immediately knew I didn't like it, but I had to stick with it for the entire year, which maybe that was the case with Jackson Fra- Clint Frazier. Um, and he is going back to his name of Clint. So uh, that is... 
basically all of our news for all of the newsings for today. Coming up, we're going to get into the five Rangers who need to have a really, really great spring and a look at the athletic writers survey because they got some things that they said that I, I have to speak my mind on. Uh, we're going to get into all of that and more. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, official sports and official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, let's take a look at the five Rangers who need to have a very, very good spring. Oh, one last thing, a little minor note before we move on from the little bits of notes and and news tidbit portion of the podcast joe palumbo former rangers 30th round draft pick who spent last year with the san francisco giants is back he has not officially signed um but good for him i really really liked him as a prospect had some issues and and things kind of just did not go his way right after his mlb debut Uh, only only a couple outings in the big leagues in 2020 his last season up at the bigs and an 1157 era not a great year last year with San Francisco. Spent time between rookie ball and AAA. Had a 10.80 ERA in five outings, which consisted of five innings. Um, but I, I think there's something there. I think that the Rangers might be able to be the ones to find it. He is 28 years old. Or this is his age 28 season. Yeah, just turned 28 in October. Um, so I'm excited for him, hoping that the Rangers can find what they saw in him before. But let's start with number one, The one of the most important, or I guess players who needs to have one of the best springs is Brad Miller, who is still on the roster, still has a $5 million guaranteed contract. Last year was just horrendous for him. I mean, I really liked the signing. He had a negative 1.6 baseball reference war last year, negative 1.6, an OPS plus of 69, which as nice as it sounds was in actuality, very not nice. The fact that he is still on this roster, kind of, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do something like cutting ties with him last year. I was really surprised that he got a two-year deal last year. I mean, he's he's a guy who I, I really like the signing. I think it made a lot of sense. In 2021, he had a fantastic year. Same with 2020 in a shortened season in St. Louis. And he played a lot of uh, third base, a little bit of shortstop, and I think a little bit of second base as well. And in 2020, that shortened season, 171 plate appearances, had seven bombs and OPS over 800 uh, in Philadelphia the next year 140 games 377 plate appearances 20 bombs a 774 OPS on base of 320 slugged over 450 and I thought okay this is a guy who's going to come in he's going to play some left field it was looking like it was going to be a platoon between him and Nick Solak in left field and that ended up not being the case because Brad Miller just could not stay healthy he had um, a, a little bit I believe it was a, a good month of um, May, where he was really, really ripping into the ball, but he had um, some hip injuries and just things really did not go his way. Yeah, the month of May, he had uh, 
24 games, 67 plate appearances, five of his seven home runs on the season on base of 313, slugged 500 and 813 OPS that month, and then did not hit a single home run the rest of the season. That was in 30, 40? Yeah, 40 games for the rest of the season. He did not hit another home run, which is not what the Rangers signed him for. He is no longer good defensively at third base. There's not an everyday spot for him at third base. Josh Young is there. There's not an everyday spot for him in left field. Seems like Robbie Grossman's going to be there. He's not going to be playing, hopefully, any shortstop. There are three at least better, um, maybe four better shortstops than him on the roster. Don't think he's going to be playing much second. Maybe he'll play a little bit of first. Maybe he'll play a little bit of DH. But, I mean, there's not a whole lot of spots for Brad Miller on this roster. I think last year he really got sapped with injuries. I don't think he's that bad. I think there's still something left in the tank. He's going to be 33 this season. So he's not He's not old. He's still got something left in the tank, I think. Um, but it, it's going to need to be a pretty big spring for him uh, if he wants to stay on this roster because... I mean, there are some young guys that are that are really champing at the bit to to get those at bats to get his spot on the roster, and he is going to have to outperform them. Um, number two, this may surprise you, but it's Jacob Degrom, and it is just because of a health standpoint. Obviously, we have seen any little minor flare up there is going to be a lot of concerns and a lot of finger pointing and a lot of laughing and a lot of mainly from Mets fans that I, I, if you're laughing at a player for getting injured, any player. Whether you like him or not, like that's just kind of a dick move um, in general. Um, <clears throat> but Jacob DeGrom, just, he just needs to be healthy. Have a quiet spring. Just be healthy. Throw baseballs. Look amazing. Be ready for opening day. That's all he has to do. Um, but it's, it's important. So just have a healthy spring. The same goes for number three on this list. I have Josh Young here, who has had very bad luck the last two spring trainings he had a a a a labrum issue a shoulder issue that we thought was going to keep him out for all of 2022 thankfully he was able to get back in the cages get back uh playing by the end of july which was really really exciting was able to play the field and make his major league debut and for some reason um baseball prospectus saw that and thought oh this is the new him there's there's been a lot of um especially when it comes to the rangers and, and national perspective i think there's been a lot of knee-jerk reactions and um quick reactions that uh, over small sample sizes outweighing what players have done in their past and i think these last two players jacob degrom and josh young are the prime examples of that <clears throat> but josh young just just be healthy he had a broken foot in 2021 that caused his season to start his start of his season to be delayed until june Otherwise, I think we would have seen him in 2021. He obviously had the shoulder issue in 2022. And this year, just just maybe put him in bubble wrap. Keep an extra eye on Josh Young. Make sure that he's okay. Just get him to opening day healthy. And we're going to see this kid absolutely rake. I love his game. And I think he's going to be a really good part of this Rangers baseball team this season. Number four, we have Mark Mathias. Mark Mathias is one of those guys who is champing at the bit for those Brad Miller at-bats. He is a righty versus a lefty. He has the same positional versatility as Brad Miller, but he is just just a little bit better. And he is also a right-handed hitter. 
Last year, Matthias came over in the Matt Bush trade, and he played in 24 games, 74 plate appearances, had a 365 on base, a 544 slugging percentage, and a 919 OPS, a 159 OPS plus while playing a little bit of first base, a little bit of third, um, a little bit of left field as well. And I loved what I saw from him. I think the Rangers are really enamored with him. He is going to be 28 this year. I think he is one of the, like an ideal of what your right-handed bench bat looks like in this day and age. He had a .9 baseball reference for a season in just 81 at-bats last year. That is really, really impressive stuff. He's projected to have a 741 OPS according to baseball reference in 246 plate appearances this year. I think that'd be great, and I think that I would rather at this point Given what I've seen from the last couple of seasons, or just just last year, I'd rather have Mark Mathias on the roster than Brad Miller, despite Brad Miller being a left-handed bat and doing really well in some pinch-hitting situations and being a veteran and all that. I just really love Mark Mathias. And the last guy on this list we're going to get into in just a second. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you have got to try yourself a Built Bar. We are just getting out of the holiday season. We are in February, towards the end of February, heading into the spring. If you are trying to work on your uh, spring break bod or your your summer bod and you want to eat a little bit healthier, but you don't want to sacrifice on taste, then Built Bars are the exact right thing for you. You have got to try them. They are so freaking delicious, but they are also really, really good for you, you know, I don't know how they do it, but they make them taste, they make, Built Bar makes these these bars taste like a candy bar. Even though they're a protein bar, they are covered in 100% chocolate. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. But now, you don't have to wait to get yourself a box. You mean, for years, I've been telling you to go to Built.com, order yourself a box up there, which you can still do, but you can also pick them up at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So go grab yourself a box of Built Bars, try them out. You will thank me later. Go try yourself some Built Bars. Now, let's look at number five on this list, the last guy. Oh, I mean, I'd like for everybody to have a, a good spring training, but, but of these five, this is the last one who really, really needs to have a great spring training, and that is Ezekiel Duran. Duran, I thought, was pretty much a surefire lock to make the Rangers opening day roster, but with this Robbie Grossman signing... I think it's more of a question. There's going to be a competition between him and Josh Smith and Bubba Thompson. I don't think, I think that Bubba Thompson and Josh Smith kind of have the edge on Duran because I think, I think that Josh Smith is right now the, well, the backup middle infielder at this point on the Rangers roster. He is a lefty. He puts up some really, really great at bats. Um, He's a little bit older, a little bit, more uh, wizened, more uh, veteran than um, than Ezekiel Duran. I think the Rangers are more likely to put Duran in AAA to kind of get him some at bats, either in center field or in left field, or maybe some time, some more time at third base. It depends on. I have no idea what they're thinking, and I can't, I can't put my finger on it. But I really, really like Ezekiel Duran, and I think he should be a major league out of camp. And um, he was one of the main reasons that I wasn't as sold on the fact that I of thinking that the Rangers really needed to go and get a veteran outfielder to go fill that left field spot. I think it makes sense that they did. I get why they did it. Um, and I think Robbie Grossman will be a fine addition. It's it's not anything super flashy. He's $2 million. He's good. He knows how to be a veteran. And now, um, unfortunately, that takes away some of the fun of spring training, of position battles. 
there's, there's not a whole lot of position battles left. It's, it feels like the entire uh, opening day lineup is pretty much set. Like it, it seems like it's pretty set in place. I mean, we know what's happening on the infield. We know what's happening in the catching situation. We already kind of knew what was happening in right field and center field. And well, now that whole nebulous black hole in left field is is pretty surely going to be Robbie Grossman. So I think Ezekiel Duran really needs to have a great spring to make the roster out of camp. Even if he doesn't, I think his future is still really, really bright. He is still a pretty young kid. I mean, he's he was 23 last year. He's going to be 24 next year. Really held his own while playing third base. I, I think in an ideal, an ideal world, um, either Nathaniel Lowe, uh, you know, becomes a passable first baseman or Josh Young ends up moving over there and Lowe moves to DH full-time or maybe Josh Young will end up in left field um, and Ezekiel Duran has that really high ceiling, I think, defensively at third base. And I think having both those guys in the lineup would be a a really, really tough lineup to pitch against for the next few years, um, having those guys in there. But yeah, Ezekiel Duran needs to have a, a really good spring Bubba Thompson and, and Josh Smith, maybe you put them on that list, but I think those guys, what we saw last year, both those guys still being on the roster at the end of the season, and Ezekiel Duran being optioned to AAA, I think that kind of showed how the Rangers feel about them, at least at the moment. So um, we'll see. I think all these guys, hoping all these guys will have a pretty good spring training so the Rangers can feel good about their roster heading into the start of the season. But let's get into something to complain about. Of course, we love complaining. That is... Um, uh, a fun thing complaining about people not respecting the Rangers. That's that's my new bet this year. That is my new bet is people not respecting the Rangers because um, it feels good to feel disrespected when you think that your team deserves respect. So the Athletic did a survey of, I believe, all 29 of their writers. <clears throat> they asked them a whole bunch of different things, and it was a, a really good list. So go subscribe to The Athletic and check it out. There were a few things that uh, really caught my eye when reading this survey. Um, the first was the most improved teams in the American League. The Rangers got the most votes by far, and um, uh, they they really think that the Rangers are going to be a lot better this year. They don't know if they're going to be better than the Astros, which is fine, um, and a lot of their writers aren't even sure if they're going to be better than the Mariners, which I think they probably will be, but there's obviously a lot of work to be done, a lot of question marks on this roster, but I thought that was a nice sign of respect, so I wanted to give them that nod before uh, out of their 29 voters, they said 28 um, included the Rangers on their most improved in the American League. Mo- on their list, not voted. Okay, interesting. Um, maybe maybe some slight disrespect to whoever whoever voter 29 was that didn't include the Rangers on their list of most improved teams. So um, so yeah, that is that is a a good feather in their cap. But they did a ranking of the best and worst free agent signings. Uh, Funny enough, Jacob DeGrom actually appeared on both of these lists in terms of the best free agent signings. Uh, DeGrom was at the very bottom of the list at number five, or uh, with five points, votes, whatever whatever this is. Uh, DeGrom was tied with Dansby Swanson in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventh place. He was behind a worse signing than Jose Abreu. Um, not as good a signing as Xander Bogarts, Aaron Judge. Fine, I will give you Aaron Judge as a better signing. Um, Trey Turner, <sighs> okay. Carlos Correa is in second. Yeah, I get that. Um, Carlos Rodon. I mean, if if this was the inverse, if if the Yankees signed 
Jacob Grom and the Rangers signed Carlos Rodon, I think they probably just flipped those because it's like, oh well, well the good team got the good player, and um, well if, if the bad team got him, then he must be a bad player. I think is a lot of the the sentiment on that, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Jose Abreu is is ahead of him, which Abreu's fine, but Jacob Degrom is a fantastic signing for the Rangers. Um, they also had a whole section about how they didn't know what to make of Jacob Degrom signing, which you can see. And when you look at their worst signings, at number one, they had Masataka Yoshida, who signed with the Red Sox, a very, very big deal, probably a bit of an overpay. And um, mainly, I think that is given the context of, of what else happened for the Red Sox this offseason of losing Xander Bogarts and then filling the void with Masataka Yoshida, who I think will be a really good player. And I'd I think he's probably not going to be appreciated as much by outsiders of saying, wow, you really replaced Xander Bogarts with this guy. And um, I mean, it's a fair hit on, on the Red Sox front office, but or their ownership probably more likely in cheaping out and not paying Xander Bogarts who helped them win a world series as a youngster. Maybe he was a part of multiple world series. I think he was just part of, I think 2017, um, but still, the fact that they just let him walk to San Diego, they probably weren't going to be close in that 11-year, I think, $85 million deal that he ended up signing with San Diego. But still, in number two, with nine votes or points or however they did this, they have Jacob deGrom. The second worst signing of the offseason, Jacob deGrom. Are you freaking kidding me, The Athletic? Are you freaking kidding me? Jacob deGrom, who has been the best pitcher in all of baseball for the better part of half a decade. He has two Cy Young awards, and this team was one of the worst pitching staffs in all of baseball last year. They had Martin Perez, a half a John Gray, and a prayer in their rotation, and they needed to vastly improve their rotation and quickly. And they did that by signing by far the best player on the market. They only signed him to a five-year deal. At most, it's going to be six years. Nobody else was really close. I don't understand why the Mets wouldn't even go to, I don't know that they even went to four years. Maybe they did, but it was nowhere close. And I can't believe that there wasn't more bidding on this guy, Jacob deGrom. It's like, did you all forget who this guy was? I mean, he just absolutely dominated the Padres lineup in the playoffs. He like just did that. He's Jacob freaking DeGrom. He's not a fossil. He has a very, very um, recent injury history for the last two years, but everyone just seems to think in their mind, oh, well, the only thing that's really ever happened is is um, the, the last two years. That's all that ever matters. Nothing else matters at all. I mean, the fact that they had um, Carlos Rodon so high ahead of him and Rodon, I talked about this for the whole month and a half, two months of the offseason before the Rangers signed DeGrom, is that Rodon's injury history is way more extensive, way more scary than than DeGrom's is. And the, the difference in money was was not that much. I mean, DeGrom got uh, 6-185, and then, um, I mean, <laughs> there was uh, $102 million for Edwin Diaz. Um, I mean... For real, it's just like it boggles my mind that uh, this was this was such a um, you know <clears throat> crazy difference. I mean, Carlos Rodon got six years, one hundred and sixty-two million, so uh, twenty-three million dollars in uh, one year more or one year less for Degrom. So I guess the average annual value is is a little bit different. Um, 
Rodon is not making $37 million a year for the next six years of his contract, like that's fine. Rodon is a little bit younger, but still he's got a way more extensive injury history. He has only had one fully healthy season in his entire career. I like Rodon. I'm not trying to slam on him, but the fact that these athletic writers said that it was uh, just such a better signing, it's like so clearly, you know, way, way ahead. He didn't get any votes. Rodon didn't get any votes in the worst free agent um, signing. Also, somehow, uh, Mike Clevenger got fewer votes. The guy who was under investigation for domestic violence and probably not going to pitch this year, he got... Less than half as many votes for the worst contract signing, uh, first free agent signing this offseason. How? How? How are you going to vote him twice worse, the guy who is under investigation by Major League Baseball and probably won't pitch this year? Like, I just, I don't understand in my mind, even if Jacob deGrom has one healthy season, if he has one healthy season and the rest of them, the other four seasons, he's, you know, pitching 100 innings or so. Um, but one of those seasons, he wins a Cy Young, has... 200 innings has a sub two ERA and 18 billion strikeouts. Like that is way better than all of these. Like he, he, I just, I can't wrap my mind around all these people who think it's such a slam dunk, awful signing. The Rangers needed to swing big. They signed two massive free agents up the middle last off season. They needed starting pitchers. They needed stars as much as I like Owen white and Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker and Brock Porter, none of them are going to be Jacob deGrom, and that is just fine. You do not get Jacob deGroms. You do not home-grow them. They do not exist. Pitchers like him do not exist, and the fact that they are just crapping on the Rangers for taking the one of the bigger swings, not even the biggest swing of the offseason. I mean, Carlos Correa had two different teams tell him that his ankle was bum. They were not going to sign him to uh, a 10-year contract, and the Twins come in and give him $200 million and everyone's like, oh, no, that's amazing. That's not risky at all. It's like you just had two teams pass on him who really, really needed him. And uh, Jacob deGrom is uh, head head over heels a, a worse signing. I just, I don't understand it. I would like to have a formal written letter of apology after this year um, or whether it's after this year or at the end of the contract when Jacob DeGrom is way better than every single one of these free agent signings of all nine of these people who voted DeGrom the worst signing and then um, another letter of apology from everybody else who did not vote him the best free agent signing. I just, I, I want I want some apologies because I think these these people who, who voted for it are going to owe um, Jacob DeGrom several apologies. Not that he's going to give a crap, but um, I just... I. I like the fact that I'm actually arguing for Rangers to be more respected because it means I believe in this team and I think the Rangers believe in this team and I'm hoping that the fan base believes in this team because this is going to be a fun year. Jacob Grom is going to be absolutely amazing and we are at Def Grom 5, so um, there's absolutely no reason to panic anymore. He has already thrown baseballs in a Rangers hat. Life is good. Enjoy it. The whole gang's there at spring training and this week we have finally some spring training spring training games but that's going to do it for this edition of locked on rangers hopefully sometime this week i'm trying to get a crossover with paul francis sullivan host of locked on mlb go check that out but for your second listen today if it's not locked on mlb then make it locked on mlb prospects host Lindsay crosby is a prospect encyclopedia he's going deep on the mlb stars of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get your podcast he just did a deep dive on the rangers farm system some really good stuff from there so go check out that show check out Locked on MLB and whatever ever 
other Locked On hosts you want to listen to. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.